This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. ByHeart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, ByHeart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their blend includes the most abundant protein found in breast milk, alpha-lac, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. In addition to its patented protein blend, their formula includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey to casein ratio like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system and makes it an easy-to-digest formula. Curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code Dr. Nicole for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is a pediatrician-approved skin protectant, free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide. It was developed by a mom who is also a doctor when she couldn't find any traditional products that worked for her baby's persistent diaper rash. Diaper rash can be one of the worst experiences your little one has to go through, and keeping their delicate skin happy and healthy shouldn't require a spatula to apply thick, goopy treatments that can be just as irritating and uncomfortable as the diaper rash itself. Use just a small amount of Dr. Mom Butt Balm to help soothe your baby's skin and feel good about making the right choice. Dr. Mom is committed to providing an ultra premium formula for moms who will not settle when it comes to their little ones. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with simple quality ingredients, no artificial dyes or preservatives, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Head to amazon.com or walmart.com to grab Dr. Mom Butt Balm because nothing comes between you and your baby, especially not diaper rash. Is kitty litter really dangerous in pregnancy? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast. If you're having a baby in the hospital, you are giving birth in a system that too often takes away power from women over what happens in their own bodies. I'm Dr. Nicole Calloway-Rankins, a practicing board-certified OBGYN who's had the privilege of helping well over a thousand babies into this world. I've been a doctor for over 20 years, and I'm here to help you take back your power, advocate for yourself, and have the beautiful pregnancy and birth that you deserve. This podcast is for educational purposes only, and it's not a substitute for medical advice. Check out the full disclaimer at drnicolerankins.com forward slash disclaimer. Now let's get to it. Hello there. Welcome to this shorty episode of the podcast. Whether this is your first time listening or you've been here before, thank you for spending some time with me today. So let's talk about changing kitty litter and whether or not that is actually a concern during pregnancy. So the reason that this is an issue at all is because of something called toxoplasmosis. 
Toxoplasmosis is a disease that results from infection with the toxoplasma parasite. It's one of the world's most common parasites, actually. And infection usually occurs by eating undercooked, contaminated meat, exposure from infected cat feces, or mother-to-child transmission during pregnancy. That's how a baby could get it. It can pass through the placenta, infect the baby, and have some effects on the baby. That's something called congenital toxoplasmosis. Now, congenital toxoplasmosis can lead to a range of complications for a developing fetus. These can include miscarriage, stillbirth, or abnormalities that affect the central nervous system, the eyes, and even other organs. Now, the overall risk of having any complications is low. So for example, the risk of miscarriage for someone who gets infected with toxoplasmosis is about 0.5%. The risk of stillbirth is about 1.3 to 1.6%. So still very low, but higher than if you didn't get the infection to start with. And then the severity of congenital toxoplasmosis can vary widely. Some infected infants may have some symptoms at birth and then others may develop complications later in childhood. Now, some common symptoms in infants who get toxoplasmosis during pregnancy are fever, jaundice, enlarged liver or spleen, neurologic abnormalities, but these are things that pediatricians would look for when the baby's in the hospital. Now, the risk of congenital toxoplasmosis is highest when you get infected for the first time during pregnancy. So, If you have been previously infected with toxoplasma, which is quite possible because it's very common and most often it's asymptomatic. So if you've been infected before, then you're gonna develop immunity and that's going to greatly reduce the risk of transmission to your baby. So the risk is really highest if you get infected with toxoplasmosis for the very first time during pregnancy. And the chances of that happening are pretty low. We don't have a lot of data. The data is a little bit on the older side, but from what we have in the United States, one review estimates the incidence of acute first time infection is 0.2 per 1,000 pregnant folks. And then some data from the 90s suggests that congenital infection is about one in 10,000 live births, so not very common. Now there are some risk factors that can increase the risk of maternal fetal transmission of toxoplasmosis. So infection is more likely to occur if you get the infection, and I should say your baby's more likely to get the infection if you get the infection in the third trimester. So if you get infected at 13 weeks, the data shows about 15% of babies will be affected. If you get infected at around 26 weeks, the second trimester, about 44% of babies will be infected. If you get infected at 36 weeks, then 70%, 71% actually of babies will be infected. So the further along you get in the pregnancy, if that's when you get it, that increases the chances of your baby getting in. Some other things that can increase the chances of your baby getting congenital toxoplasmosis is if you have a high parasite load. So if there is a lot of the parasite in your system, also if it's a particularly virulent strain, so stronger strain of the parasite, then that can increase the chances of infection. And then also if you have a compromised immune system, then that makes sense, right? That you're gonna have an increased risk of getting an infection. 
As an OBGYN and podcast host, I'm excited to share a resource that empowers mothers and mothers-to-be in managing their pelvic floor and core health. It's called Informed Pregnancy Plus, and it offers access to essential workshops that can significantly enhance your understanding and care of your body during and after pregnancy. Discover the Core Connection, a foundational five-episode series by Natalie Headings, a pre-postnatal exercise specialist. This series covers the basics of pelvic floor health, teaches key postural adjustments, and shows you how to activate your core properly. For a more comprehensive experience, check out Mindful Movement. This premium series provides in-depth content, including practical exercises and personalized strategies to strengthen your body. It's like having a pelvic health expert in your home. You can try the full subscription streaming library of Informed Pregnancy Plus absolutely free. Visit informedpregnancy.tv to start an empowered journey toward a healthier motherhood. Take this step for your health, your body, and your baby will thank you. Now getting back to kitty litter and cats and why it is an issue. Well, actually owning a cat is a really weak association with getting infected with toxoplasmosis. The data is really, really weak actually. And this is probably because cats only excrete the oocyst. That's the form of the parasite that's infective. So they only excrete that oocyst for three weeks of their life. So for their entire lifespan, for three weeks of their life, if they get infected, that's the only time that they are going to excrete those oocysts. So the way that it works, and this is pretty fascinating actually. So members of the cat family, so domestic cats, mountain lions, bobcats, tigers, those are the definitive hosts, the only animals in which toxoplasmosis can complete its reproductive cycle. So that's the only way toxoplasmosis can grow. So what happens is during During an infection in the host, a primary infection, that first time infection in say a cat, the cat will shed millions of oocysts daily in its feces for a period of one to three weeks. Okay, so during that first time a cat gets infected, they'll shed millions of these oocysts and then these oocysts become infective one to five days later. So they become capable of transmitting infection one to five days later and then they can remain infectious for a long time though. So for over a year, especially in warm, humid environments. So there's that three week period where the cat can be excreting them, but then there is a longer period where those oocysts can be infective. Now, of course you would have gotten rid of them because you would have gotten rid of the feces, but they can remain infectious for a long time. And then after that, the cat is going to develop immunity. So after that primary infection, typically the cat develops immunity and then they can't pass it on after that. And when we look at data, people are just as likely to be exposed to toxoplasmosis oocysts that are excreted outdoors by someone else's cat. So you don't even have to have a cat. You can just be exposed to someone else's cat just as likely and get infected. So really kitty litter and handling kitty litter is a very low risk situation. Now, despite that, it's still reasonable to take precautions. So what you can do is someone else can handle cleaning the litter box. If there's no one else available, then you can just wear gloves and a mask while cleaning to help minimize the risk of exposure. Ideally, you wanna clean it daily because the parasite takes at least a day in order to 
become infectious. So if you're cleaning it every day, then you're not giving the parasite a chance to become infectious. So cleaning it every day, the best thing is going to be hand washing. Hand washing with soap and water is going to be the best thing to reduce potential transmission. So just after you clean the wash your hands, it's going to greatly reduce your risk. And then you may also choose a low risk kitty litter. Some cat litters are made from materials that are less likely to be contaminated with toxoplasma. So they may include non-clumping litters or those made from alternative materials like paper or corn. I don't know anything about cats. We're a dog family, but that's something that you can look into as well. Now, if there's a suspicion or what can you do if you have a cat, we don't recommend any routine screening for folks who have cats. It hasn't been shown to improve outcomes. The typical way that we may suspect an infection with toxoplasma is from ultrasound findings. So there are some characteristic ultrasound findings that give us a clue that it's something that we should look for. If you get infected, most people are asymptomatic. Greater than 80% of people who get infected during pregnancy are going to be asymptomatic. If you have symptoms, they're going to be nonspecific like fevers, chills, sweats, headaches, body aches, there may be a rash and that may tip us in that we need to look for it, but typically it's going to be kind of non-specific things that can be related to other things. We're going to, again, suspect it if we see specific ultrasound findings. Okay, so that's it. Really, the risk of kitty litter is low. Wash your hands, use gloves and a mask to be extra cautious or have someone else change it and you should be good to go. So do me a solid, subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening to me right now. That's the only way you can get these quick, short episodes that are lovely bite-sized pieces of information. Also, come check me out on Instagram. I'm on Instagram at Dr. Nicole Rankins. That's another place where you can get awesome bite-sized information from me as well. That's it for this episode. Do come on back next week and remember that you deserve a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hanna quality for your most precious gift. Hanna soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hanna baby. Introducing a new collection, Hanna soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.